poets and intellectuals of this time, the innovative minds, the intelligentsia, those that are breaking down the barriers and choosing a bohemian existence, escaping from dreary suburban ideals and materialistic death traps. Where are these engaging people? The risk takers, the revolutionaries, those living apart from this big unrest, those escaping the sterility of corporate junkies who get high on materialistic consumption. Welcome to the Bohemian Beat. We will journey beyond the horizon and find the artists living on the edge, going down into the murky waters of their very existence, where these brave souls have re-emerged with art that is challenging, original and brutal. You have tuned into The Bohemian Beat. I'm Riddy, with you for the next hour with poetry and music. And let's settle in with some music. Oh Lord, oh Lord, what have I done? I've fallen in love with men on the run. Oh Lord, oh Lord, I'm begging you please, don't take that sinner from me. Oh, don't take that sinner from me. Oh Lord, oh Lord, what do I do? I've fallen for someone who's nothing like you. He's raised on the edge of the devil's black bone Oh, I just want to take him on Oh, I just want to take him on The Civil Wars with Devil's Backbone. Today we will start with the English poet Alfred Noyes, who was one of the most popular English poets of the early 1900s. 
He became famous for his ballads and lyric poems about English history. One of his best-known ballads is The Highwayman, published in 1906. And in 1995, it was voted 15th in the BBC's poll for the nation's favourite poems. The poem is set in 18th century England and tells the story of an outlaw and the woman he loves. The poem was written on the edge of a desolate stretch of land in West Surrey, known as Bagshot Heath, where Noyes, then aged 24, had taken rooms in a cottage. He has said, Bagshot Heath in those days was a wild bit of country, all heather and pine woods. The highwayman suggested itself to me one blustering night when the sound of the wind in the pines gave me the first line. The poem was completed in about two days. Almost half a century later, Noyes wrote, I think the success of the poem was because it was not an artificial composition, but was written at an age when I was generally excited by that kind of romantic story. Alfred Noyes, 1880-1958 The Highwayman The wind was a torrent of darkness among the gusty trees. The moon was a ghostly galleon tossed upon cloudy seas. The road was a ribbon of moonlight over the purple moor. And the highwayman came riding, riding, riding. The highwayman came riding up to the old inn door. He'd a French cocked hat on his forehead, a bunch of lace at his chin, a coat of the claret velvet and breeches of brown doe-skin. They fitted with never a wrinkle. His boots were up to the thigh, and he rode with a jewelled twinkle, his pistol butts a twinkle, his rapier hilt a twinkle, under the jewelled sky. Over the cobbles he clattered and clashed in the dark inn-yard. He tapped with his whip on the shutters, but all was locked and barred. He whistled a tune to the window, and who should be waiting there but the landlord's black-eyed daughter, Bess, the landlord's daughter, plaiting a dark red love-knot into her long black hair. And dark in the dark old inn-yard a stable wicket creaked, where Tim the ostler listened, his face was white and peaked. His eyes were hollows of madness, his hair like mouldy hay, but he loved the landlord's daughter. The landlord's red-lipped daughter, dumb as a dog, he listened, and he heard the robber say, One kiss, my bonny sweetheart, I'm after a prize tonight, but I shall be back with a yellow gold before the morning light. Yet, if they press me sharply and harry me through the day, then look for me by moonlight, watch for me by moonlight. I'll come to thee by moonlight, though hell should bar the way. He rose upright in the stirrups. He scarce could reach her hand, but she loosened her hair in the casement. His face burnt like a brand, as the black cascade of perfume came tumbling over his breast, and he kissed its waves in the moonlight. Oh, sweet black waves in the moonlight. Then he tugged at his rein in the moonlight and galloped away to the west. He did not come in the dawning. He did not come at noon. And out of the tawny sunset, before the rise of the moon, when the road was a gypsy's ribbon looping the purple moor, a red-coat troop came marching, marching, marching. King George's men came marching up to the old inn door. 
They said no word to the landlord. They drank his ale instead. But they gagged his daughter and bound her to the foot of her narrow bed. Two of them knelt at her casement with muskets at their side. There was death at every window and hell at one dark window for Bess could see through her casement the road that he would ride. They had tied her up to attention with many a sniggering jest. They had bound a musket beside her with the muzzle beneath her breast. Now keep good watch! And they kissed her. She heard the doomed man say, Look for me by moonlight. Watch for me by moonlight. I'll come to thee by moonlight, though hell should bar the way. She twisted her hands behind her, but all the knots held good. She writhed her hands till her fingers were wet with sweat or blood. They stretched and strained in the darkness, and the hours crawled by like years, till now on the stroke of midnight, cold on the stroke of midnight, the tip of one finger touched it. The trigger, at least, was hers. The tip of one finger touched it. She strove no more for the rest. Up, she stood up to attention, with the muzzle beneath her breast. She would not risk their hearing. She would not strive again, for the road lay bare in the moonlight, blank and bare in the moonlight, and the blood of her veins in the moonlight throbbed to her love's refrain. Clot, 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 and they heard it. The horse hoofs ringing clear. Clot, 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 clot. In the distance were they deaf that they did not hear. Down the ribbon of moonlight, over the brow of the hill, the highwayman came riding, riding, riding. The redcoats looked to their priming. She stood up straight and still. Clot, clot, in the frosty silence. Clot, clot, in the echoing night. Nearer he came, and nearer. Her face was like a light. Her eyes grew wide for a moment. She drew one last deep breath. Then her finger moved in the moonlight. Her musket shattered the moonlight, shattered her breast in the moonlight, and warned him with her death. He turned. He spurred to the west. He did not know who stood, bowed with her head or the musket, drenched with her own blood. Not till the dawn he heard it, and his face grew grey to hear how Bess, the landlord's daughter, the landlord's black-eyed daughter, had watched for her love in the moonlight and died in the darkness there. Back he spurred like a madman, shouting a curse to the sky, with the white road smoking behind him and his rapier brandished high. Blood-red were his spurs in the golden noon, wine-red was his velvet coat, when they shot him down on the highway, down like a dog on the highway, and he lay in his blood on the highway, with a bunch of lace at his throat. And still of a winter's night, they say, when the wind is in the trees, when the moon is a ghostly galleon tossed upon cloudy seas, when the road is a ribbon of moonlight over the purple moor, a highwayman comes riding, 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 a highwayman comes riding up to the old inn door. Over the cobbles he clatters and clangs in the dark inn yard. He taps with his whip on the shutters, but all is locked and barred. He whistles a tune to the window, and who should be waiting there? But the landlord's black-eyed daughter, 
Bess, the landlord's daughter, plaiting a dark red love knot into her long black hair. <laughs> I was a highwayman Along the coach roads I did ride With sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade Many a soldier shed his lifeblood on my blade The bastards hung me in the spring of 25 but I am still alive I was a sailor I was born upon the tide With the sea I did abide I sailed a schooner around the Horn of Mexico I went aloft to furl the mainsail in a blow and when the yards broke off, they said that I got killed But I'm living still I was a dam builder Across the river deep and wide Where steel and water did collide A place called Boulder on the wild Colorado I slipped and fell into the wet concrete below They buried me in that great tomb that knows no sound But I'm still around I'll always be around Around and around and around I fly a starship across the universe divide And when I reach the other side I'll find a place to rest my spirit if I can Perhaps I may become a highwayman again Or I may simply be a single drop of rain but I will remain And I'll be back again And again And again And again And again And again You are listening to The Bohemian Beat Produced at Bay FM in Byron Bay And heard nationally Across the community radio network we just heard Highway Man, performed by Johnny Cash with Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings and Chris Christopherson. And before that, David Shaw Parker reading a poem by Alfred Noyes called The Highway Man. A highway man was a thief, an outlaw, who preyed on travellers. The word highwayman is first known to be used in the year 1617. Other euphemisms included Knights of the Road and gentlemen of the road. In 19th century American West, highwaymen were known as road agents, and in Australia, highwaymen were known as bushrangers. 
bushranging crimes usually involved cattle theft, highway robbery and murder. However, many men were forced into bushranging due to social shocking conditions. Bushranging operated in rural Australia from about 1790 until 1900. And the most famous bushranger, of course, was Ned Kelly, who lived between 1854 and 1880, often admired as a symbol of revolt against authority and injustice. This next piece is excerpts from an album called The Ned Kelly Story. Ned Kelly was born at Wallen, near Melbourne, in 1854, the year of the famous Eureka Stockade. His father, John Red Kelly, was an Irish patriot who'd spent seven years as a convict in the hell that was Van Diemen's land. Having served his time, he came to the mainland and married a beautiful girl of 18. Her name was Ellen Quinn. The couple did well from the goldfields and with five children, they decided to settle down on a 40-acre dairy farm at Avenal where the children could attend school. But Irish patriotism was an unforgivable sin in the eyes of the British government officials in the colony of Victoria. John Kelly was continually hounded by the police. And whenever anything went wrong in the district, the cry went up. Blame it on the Kellys. The authorities finally had their way with Ned's father. And in 1864, he was imprisoned for six months on a dubious charge of cattle stealing. The family was in great difficulty as Ned reached the age of 10 and even at this stage of his life he had many responsibilities. News of his bravery spread throughout the district when folks heard how he'd saved the life of Richard Shelton who nearly drowned in Hughes Creek. For this courageous deed he was given a green sash which he treasured and was to wear years later at the siege of Glen Rowan. The year 1866 brought tragedy to the Kelly family. Ned's father returned from prison, a broken man. Two days after Christmas, he died, leaving Ned to fend for the family. For the next 12 years, Ned tried hard to support his family. They'd moved to Greta, not far from Benalla, to be closer to relatives. But the police continued to harass them, and Ned was in and out of prison on petty charges. In Benalla, he was viciously beaten up by four policemen, one of whom was Constable Lonigan, who injured Ned in the groin. The die was cast. The trouble really began on April 15, 1878. On that day, Constable Fitzpatrick rode to the Kelly homestead, supposedly to interview Ned. But in fact, he tried to seduce Ned's sister, Kate. Mrs Kelly defended her daughter. A fight ensued, and Fitzpatrick claimed that he'd been badly treated. On this evidence, Mrs Kelly, with babe in arms, was sent to Beechworth Prison for three long years. Constable Fitzpatrick was known as a liar and a cheat, and was soon to be expelled from the force. So Ned was beside himself, and well aware of the fate that had befallen his father, he took to the bush with Joe Byrne, Steve Hart and his brother Dan. They swore to get revenge. Having killed Kennedy, Scanlon and Lonigan at Stringy Bark Creek on Saturday, October 26, 1878, the Kelly gang became outlaws and were forced 
to say farewell to their home at Greta. From 1878 until 1880, the Kelly Gang made history with daring raids on the banks at Yaroa and Geraldry. They easily escaped capture, even though there were large sums of money on their heads, for they had sympathisers everywhere. It was still dark and we took up our positions behind the trees in front of the old Glen Rowan Inn where the Kellys was holed up. Constable Arthur, he told us to hold our fire, but we was all so nervous that every now and then they'd let out with a volley and we'd answer with one. And inside you could hear the hostages screaming and the Kellys a-cursing us and then quiet for a while again. Then just as the dawn came up over the hills with the gun smoke rising in the light and mixing with the fog, suddenly through the mist this, this thing appeared. A monster, weird and airy and ten feet tall it was, with a great iron head lurching, lurching toward us. Oh, Someone shouted, it's a ghost. Two troopers broke and ran. I finally got a shot off. Just rang off him. Dowsett hollered, it's old Nick himself. The devil, he's bulletproof. He'll get us all. And there he come. A bang in on his breastplate with a butt of his gun and calling back to his comrades, come out, boys, come out. We'll do the lot of them. And out of the end crawled Dan Kelly and Steve Hart, firing wildly. And behind them, the women running from the end, screaming. And the clanging of the armor and that wild laughing from inside that iron mask while the bullets was whistling around him, bouncing off him, and pouring into him, and blood gushing from his foot and arm, trying to hold his gun steady and firing into us. Finally, Sergeant Steele went up behind him and fired a shotgun blast at his legs, and Kelly reeled backwards and tottered and finally fell with a great crash, bleeding in the dust. We took off his armor and carried him inside. Twenty-eight wounds he had, and still recovered to stand trial on October 28, 1880. When Judge Barry sentenced him to die, Ned shouted, you can't kill us all. I'll return from the grave to fight. And it's said to this day, on the ranges between Benella and Glen Rowan, a tall, shadowy figure walks through the mist of each dawn, clanging in his armor, laughing deep and hollow in his rusted iron mask. And the jelly keeps 
Chris Christopherson with The Kellys Keep Coming. And before that, excerpts about Ned Kelly by Lazy Harry from his album The Ned Kelly Story. This next poem, Stringybark Creek, emerged during the Kelly era, which was between 1878 and 1880. The author of the Bush poem is unknown, and during that time in history, anyone caught singing or chanting it risked jail or fines. However, with its tongue-in-cheek line about the troopers, the poem found popularity in the bush and was often recited as a voice of support for the Kellys. A sergeant and three constables set out from Mansfield town near the end of last October for to hunt the Kellys down. They started for the Wombat Hills and thought it quite a lark when they camped upon the borders of a creek called Stringybark. They had grub and ammunition there to last them many a week, and next morning two of them rode out, all to explore the creek, leaving McIntyre behind them at the camp to cook the grub and Lonigan to sweep the floor and boss the washing tub. It was shortly after breakfast Mac thought he heard a noise, so gun in hand he sallied out to try to find the cause but he never saw the Kellys planted safe behind a log, so he sauntered back to smoke and yarn and wire into the grog. But Ned Kelly and his comrades thought they'd like a nearer look. For being short of grub, they wished to interview the cook. And of firearms and cartridges, they found they had too few. So they longed to grab the pistols and the ammunition too. Both the troopers, at a stump alone, they were well pleased to see, watching as the billies boiled to make their pints of tea. There they joked and chatted gaily, never thinking of alarms, till they heard the fearful cry behind, Bail up and throw up your arms! The traps, they started wildly, and Mac then firmly stood, while Lonigan made tracks to try and gain the wood. Reaching round for his revolver, but before he touched the stock, Ned Kelly pulled the trigger and he dropped him like a rock. Then after searching McIntyre all through the camp they went and cleared the guns and cartridges and pistols from the tent. But brave Kelly muttered sadly as he loaded up his guns, Ah, oh, what a bloody pity that the bastard tried to run! The door is closing in It's getting hard to hide They call me a bush ranger And they nailed me to a wall In a pound it is my picture Wanted and reward And when I'm found I'm going down With my guns blazing 
with Bushranger and before that Warren Fahey reading Stringy Bark Creek, an anonymous poem that emerged around 1879. 
From bushrangers to parliamentarians, John Keith MacDougall seemed to outpour his political angst into poetry. MacDougall, who lived between 1867 and 1957, was an Australian politician, farmer, poet and labour activist from country Victoria. This next poem is called My Songs. My Songs by J.K. MacDougall My songs are for the masses, for the poor and trodden down, for the sweated slaves on land and sea, and toilers of the town, for the drudges who are plundered, for the drones and Christless rich, the mothers in the hovel and the children in the ditch. My songs are for the driven mobs that profiteers control, the men who delve and quarry and the drifters on the dole, for the artisans that fettered toil in soulless industries, the millions who by famine's whip are beaten to their knees. My songs are for the fathers who have struggled long and hard on the battlefields of poverty for little real reward. For the martyrs of the people who on mammon's altars bleed. For the heroes of the working class, the dauntless rebel breed. My songs are for the soldiers who have fought in endless wars. To win for greed his royalties and bloat the despot Mars. For the patriots unpitied who have given up their lives for their sons enslaved or murdered, and their daughters and their wives. My songs are for the future and a day that is to be, when justice shall with triumph crown the dreams of liberty, when the earth and all its beauty to the people shall belong, and right shall reign where ranted once the wicked priests of wrong. My songs are for the rebels that in other years will come, with the crimson flag of brotherhood and freedom calling drum, for I hate the mad dictators who, like bloody beasts of prey, have filled the world with broken hearts, with ruin and decay. <laughs> Energy. 
to sing yeah. Yeah. These songs of freedom with Redemption Song and before that a poem by J.K. McDougall called My Songs read by Gypsy Jack from Horsham's community radio station in Victoria J.K. McDougall was influenced by Robert Burns particularly through his mother's enthusiasm for the Scottish poet's work and singing his ballads Robert Burns who lived between 1759 and 1796 is regarded as a pioneer of the Romantic movement and after his death became an important source of inspiration to the pioneers of liberalism, socialism and the campaign for Scottish self-government. And even today he is still widely respected by political activists. His great poem, For All That and All That, promotes his political and moral sensibilities published in 1795 anonymously in the Glasgow magazine for fear of recriminations or even arrest. For all that and all that. Is there for honest poverty that hangs his heed and all that? The coward slave we pass him by, we dare be poor for all that. For all that and all that, our toils obscure and all that. The rank is but the guinea's stamp, the man's the gowd for all that. What though on hamely fair we dine, wear hodden grey and all that, gee fools their silks and knaves their wine, a man's a man for all that. For all that and all that, their tinsel show and all that, the honest man, though e'er say poor, is king o' men for all that. You see yon burkey called a lord, was struts and stairs and all that. Though hundreds worship at his word, he's but a coof for all that. 
For all that and all that, his ribbon star and all that, the man of independent mind, he looks and laughs at all that. A prince can mark a belted knight, a marquis, duke and all that, but an honest man's aboon his might, get faith he manna for that. For all that and all that, their dignities and all that, the pith of sense and pride of worth are higher rank than all that. Then let us pray that come it may, as come it will for all that, that sense and worth our all the earth shall bear the gree and all that. For all that and all that, it's coming yet for all that, that man to man the world o'er shall brothers be for all that.
Class Hero, and before that, Ian Cuthbertson reading a poem by the Scottish poet Robert Burns called For All That and All That. Australian psychedelic legend and poetic phenomena, David Allen, is a poet with a deep grassroots and global connection, a pioneer of British psychedelic jazz and space rock through bands like Gong and Soft Machine. David Allen has been at the forefront of the civil disobedience movements for decades and to this day is still up there campaigning for the earth, for indigenous rights, for freedom of expression. This next piece by David Allen is called Market Forces. And of course there is a language warning for this track. my money in a hedge fund so I couldn't get to it. There was kids starving everywhere and I knew it. People sleeping in the streets under my feet and I didn't give a shit. Just got me a sheet of bulletproof glass through which they never gonna pass and never get through it. Keep them out of my sight, out of the light, in the night, so only they could see right through it. Then, splash, flash, the market crashed and my hedge fund manager, he so blew it. So I kicked his head in, flushed his face down the toilet, pulled his body out, cut up and boil it. Now he's potage du jour at the Wall Street Diner, and I'm in Shanghai, China. And I got my five-star gold card bank executive excuse. My alibi is perfect, Mr. Murdoch. He'll get me through it. I just say, Robert! I just killed a pinko, socialist, communist, anarchist, nigger-loving, child molest, and homosexual, vegan, greedy, hazardous, a rap spy. But it's okay, and you know why? It's just that market forces made me do it. Rupert, I just killed a Greenpeace protester. Market forces made me do it. <laughs> Spin it, it began it, it began it was a sweet green planet Nothing on it, nothing to it, nothing in it Nothing to do with the planet as we know it It's a planet coming to you, but you don't know if it's there Maybe it's here, maybe there Check it underneath the Milky Way, right beside the Southern Crust I don't think so You just can't see it, but it ain't going away 
You're coming down from a planet so far, so near That's where it all began, that music you hear It happened to remind me of a long lost story About a visit from the stars, from some old babas The pheasant paradox and the octave duck Those time doctors on space guitars Those wise avatars from a distant star They have watched us Survive without killing the planet. How to survive without killing the planet? We need to know. It's a planet coming to you, but you don't know if it's there. Maybe it's here, maybe there. Check it underneath the Milky Way, right beside the Southern Cross. I don't think so. You just can't see it, but it ain't going away. It's a singing and a ringing. This is where we're coming from. This is where we belong. to stay alive and gongs david allen before with market forces from his cd soundbites for the revelation well didn't that hour pass fast like a highwayman on a good steed through pine woods and heather and for more exhilaration of the mind tune in again next week same beat time same bohemian frequency for more we will end with a track from massive attack and sinead o'connor called special cases. Thank you for joining me, Riddy, on the Bohemian Beat.